Well, hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. My pleasure today to have Cam Roland on the call. And Cam is a very, very experienced real estate entrepreneur. Great story. He's based out of Winnipeg, focuses primarily on lease options or what's quite commonly called rent-owned deals. Since he well, started focusing on that, he quickly podcast built a portfolio of over 40 doors and was able to his J-O-B in under four years, I believe, so I won't steal all of Cam's thunder here, but welcome to the show. And if you're That's looking great. to create great a to regular flow uh, right, of inbound investor well, inquiries, Tell us the story deals about how you got sparked and interested in real estate demonstrations. Yeah, you can check great that question. Out I mean, it's going away back, but I'd always been interested in real estate, owning Take care. a real asset. My father-in-law was actually doing some of the stuff I'm doing way back in the day, but on handshakes. And so I got some inspiration there. But in 2006, I finally read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It had been given to me, but I read it and I bought my first single family house after reading the book. I took his basic principles about his condo in Hawaii applied it to a house here in Winnipeg and kind of the rest was history. I, I filled it right away and I loved it and cash flowed and I ended up, you know, getting four more doors in the next two years. And then from there, things kind of took off. So what, if you don't mind me asking, what were you doing prior to being a full-time real estate investor? What was your thing? Yeah. So I worked with a church denomination actually for a total of 17 years. I youth pastored, worked in their graduate school, as well as working at the Canadian headquarters here in Winnipeg. So I was doing that, loved what I did. Did a couple, uh, probably three different roles in the in the 17 years. And yeah, but it, it just felt like it was time to move on. And, and real estate was the avenue to do that. So you did that relatively quickly. I mean, I know a lot of people that get start dabbling with real estate and they, they have the dream of becoming a full-time real estate person. But you did that fairly quickly. So how did you transition from A, reading the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which seems to be the inspiration for a lot of people, yeah. to buying that first property, to getting into rent to home, which is your primary focus now, and then quitting the job? Yeah, good question. So I would say right around the time I was closing the deal on those four doors, there, there are two duplexes. I thought, you know what, I got to get some education. And one of the rich dad events came through town. So I joined up with Tigrant. Yeah. I got in with their kind of their basic package. And so, you know, of course they do the overview of all the courses. And I, I think the two courses I took were wholesale and their initial, I can't remember what it was, your basic, basic one. And I loved them. And I ended up buying more courses off of other people. I basically wholesaled the courses. And so I didn't, pay that whole upfront fee that most other students do. But during that time, they had introduced lease options and found it interesting. It was very different from what I had my mind set on. And so I got to the point in probably 2009, where it's like, I knew it was time for me to move on from my day job. And I had a couple other options, like other jobs to go to, but I really wanted to do real estate investing. But it's like, okay, I've got five doors. Maybe I had a little bit more by then, but it's like, I can't, that's not going to replace my income. You know, I was, I was working like in a corporate position at that point. And so it's like, man, how am I going to do this? And then I remembered about lease options. So I hired a coach 
to help me do my first lease option. So that was start of October in 2009. I pulled together my first deal with an investor, so no money down deal, and got my first check from that lease option, a $20,000 check, total of two months after I started. And that was enough for me to convince myself and my wife that, hey, if I did if I did three or four more of these this next year, I don't need to have my job. And so I kind of built the parachute after I jumped out of the plane or kind of, <laughs> you know, that sort Very of scenario. So, yeah. yeah. And so it was, a, it was a challenging year, but it was a good year. Man, I grew, still growing. I mean, so that was 2010 in January that I finished up my, my day job. But yeah, that's basically how I made that leap from, from there to, to where I'm now. Smart man. You got, you got, you convinced your wife. I know you were probably 110% on board right away, but getting the spouse on board is always a challenge. So good, yeah. good on you for that. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm sure yeah. your path was, you know, went the way it, it had to go. But if you, knowing what you know now, if you were doing it over again, what would you do? If anything, what would you do differently? Yeah, for sure. There's uh, several things. One, I probably wouldn't have quit my day job so soon. Because, you know, as soon as you quit your day job, your whole lending capability just goes out the window for a minimum of two years. But obviously, you know, there's other means. There's private money. There's JVs. There's, you know, what I do with my lease options, no money down deals. But I, I probably would have held on a little bit longer and built up more of a portfolio and allowed that cash flow to build as opposed to using it uh, right away for my, for my living. I probably grew a little too quick with investors and with some of my deals and didn't know my numbers well enough. And so those are three things, you know, when I'm talking with people are asking me for advice now and some of my students and they ask that question, that's, those are some of the key things. Like you got to know your numbers from day one, because lots of entrepreneurs love putting the deal together, dreaming up what the deal could look like. Numbers is an administrative thing, and that's something that is key for long-term viability. So those are the things that I would have done differently. Well, well said, well said. So I've got a little bit of experience doing rent-to-own deals as well, and I've, I've done sandwich leases, and I've done tenant-first rent-to-owns. What sounds like you do a bit of both. Is, would that be correct? Yeah, I do a bit of both. I probably focus on the property first just because I've – I've had, you know, tired landlords literally throwing their keys at me saying, I like what you're doing. I'm so sick of dealing with tenants. My property can't sell, but you're telling me that you're going to pay me rent every month, even if the tenant hasn't paid and you're going to buy it off me in three years. That's a perfect exit strategy for me. So I, I've had a lot of homes thrown at me. Um, I would say from one gentleman here in Winnipeg, probably in the neighborhood of 25 homes over the past wow five years. Another guy who started with one and we met at a Starbucks. He had a ball of keys. He literally slid them across the table. It's like, I don't know what all these keys are for, but I trust <laughs> but they're him. yours now, man. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that's been an opportunity. So yeah, it's, you know, you've, so you really, you're putting up a sign saying, Hey, potential rental clients, do you like this house or no? Yeah. And yeah. you know, so there's pros and cons with both ways, but I've primarily done it that way. I have done you, it. You know what? Ways. And if, if I, if I were to go back and do things differently, mm -hmm. I think I would focus a lot more on that myself mm -hmm. just yeah. because I, I find it a lot less risky 
yeah. than going out and buying somebody a house and then hoping to, hoping to God that everything turns out. Yeah, yeah. so I'm drinking the Kool-Aid with you there, brother, on, on that on that one. All right, so I guess for, for those folks that aren't really familiar with rent-to-own or lease options or sandwich leases or anything like that, can you, you know, we don't have a lot of time to go into it, but can you kind of tell us why you, with so many different real estate strategies available, why do you like to focus pretty much exclusively on rent-to-own? question multiple answers i mean one i i love working with people i like helping people i mean that's really what i did for 17 years prior to this and so really what i do is helping people and it's about creative problem solving and so i like this because of those things also increased cash flow for me that was a huge thing when i was you know quitting my day job and it it, it turns the whole the environment and hold on its head in terms of cash flow so you don't necessarily do a lease option or rent own for long-term equity gain. You do receive some of those benefits, but you do it for cash flow upfront during it and at the end. So that's largely why I've done it. Also, I get to work with a lot of investors. So I was sharing a little bit before about investors who throw in keys at me. I also, the other investor I primarily work with is probably working professional investor who's got the income, they've got the down payment, they've got the ability to do mortgages, but they don't want to swing a hammer and they don't want to deal with tenants. And so I've done a ton of sandwich leases that way where we partner up and it's it's a like a JV, but different. All the paperwork is through kind of like five different contracts that I've got and it's just kind of plug and play. So investors like that like it because they can invest, they've got the ability to have a rental property, but with none of the headaches Okay, so you you get them to buy the property and then you do the rent own yeah. with them. So it's yeah. it's kind of a client first strategy with those yeah. investors. Isn't it? Sometimes, but I will also, if I see a good deal on a house, I'll ring up an investor or text and got a deal. Are you interested? Even though I don't necessarily have a a tenant buyer lined up okay. because because I see opportunity in this house. There's there's equity in the buy. There's, there's, you know, I see it as a very solid house, feeling it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, let's go ahead and buy it. So I've done a lot of that. Nice. Yeah. So I know when I was doing the rent-to-own business, my biggest challenge was finding, well, pre-qualifying mm-hmm. tenant buyers. That was the, the thing that took the most time for me. Yeah. Do you find that to be a big thing? And have you found any kind of good shortcuts for mm. screening people? Yeah, good question. I mean, in the beginning, that was crazy. I mean, I remember this one, I had a street sign on a fairly busy street. I had 100 phone calls that week. And most of them were like, I don't have any money to put down. It's like, you know, so that's easy. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So yeah, in terms of that, I mean, pretty clear on my ad, my website that's aimed at rental clients, it's got a questionnaire, Mm. basically trying to weed them through as quickly as possible without being rude. But yeah, just kind of cycling through that, getting to the people who've got a decent down payment and have got good income because we don't want to put someone in a house that, you know, the bank's not going to qualify them anyways. And so, yeah, it's really a couple of things I've got online and just kind of weeding them through as quickly as I can there to get to the few that are potentials. And what have you, because I've been out of the rent to game for a few years now. What are you aiming for for your tenant buyers to have saved up as a down payment by the time they're you're, you're trying to get them into the house? Yeah, a minimum of seven percent down. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would think. So 5% down, 2% for closing costs. Yeah, yeah, absolute minimum. And if they can do more, awesome. I mean, if they can contribute more to the fund that I hold for them, great. Or if they just want to do it on their own, great. But, you know, I, you know, try to educate them and, you know, help them get to that point. So before we started the recording here, Cam, you were explaining to me that you also do some training and coaching with real estate investors. And your primary focus is on people that are looking for, for ways to create cash flow. And your specialty is depth rent own. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the, the biggest challenges that you see people having when they're reaching out to you? What are the biggest problems they tend to have? Reaching out to me in terms of other investors or? In terms of people who are interested in your coaching services. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's everything from, I mean, I get people who've never done a deal before that like my model because there's cash flow in it and you can do money, no money down deals. Probably the biggest client that I'm working with are, are someone who's got a handful of doors, whether it's one or five, and but they've put the down payment, they've qualified for the mortgage, they're going okay, how do I grow? I'm, I've hit a plateau. The bank is saying they won't give me any more mortgages. What do I do? So it's really a mental shift. And so that's probably my ideal student that I work with because they've got some experience and really it's just turning a couple dials a little bit to the right or the left to help them dial in attracting investors and frustrated landlords. And then just kind of the floodgates start to open at that point in terms of new deals. All right. So without giving away all your super secret sauce type of thing, what, what would be one action somebody listening to this could take to help overcome that roadblock of running out of cash and or credit to do more deals? Yeah, I would say the key thing for me was essentially mastering my, my elevator pitch, right? So a lot of invest or a lot of entrepreneurs have got the confront and will you buy with me mentality. It's like, that just scares everybody away. I mean, we all have people in our lives that are excited about something that they want us to buy, but they can make us feel uncomfortable. So the whole point of the elevator pitch is to throw out some seeds of information that that the person you're talking to goes, oh, I'd be interested. So you can do that without even asking them if they're interested. And because the whole point of the elevator pitch is to do a coffee. The coffee is to get them interested in a potential deal, et cetera, et cetera. So you got to start with the elevator pitch so that people are going, hmm, I, I want to find out more. When can we meet? That would be. So are, are you ready, willing, and able to give us an example of, of your elevator pitch? If you and I bumped into each other to, at sure. an event what, and, and I looked like I might be a prospect, what would you tell me? Yeah. Hey, Dave, great to see you. Uh, I hear it's pretty cold there in, in Kamloops, but don't Not complain as about it. as Winnipeg. <laughs> but yeah, so thanks for asking. I'm, I've been real estate investing, so I'm helping families who can afford mortgages or families who can afford mortgage payments but can't get a mortgage yet. I help them get into home ownership. And I'm partnering with investors who, who want to invest in real estate but don't want to have to deal with a tenant plug toilet and you know all that stuff and my investors are getting anywhere from 12 to 18 percent returns annually on their funds and hey dave if you know of anybody who might be interested in that send them my way i'd love to be with them i'll give you a referral fee and so great seeing you very nice so i like you're not going directly after it's almost like one of those things it's probably not right for you dave but maybe if you know somebody exactly 
Nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. All right, well, we're just about out of time here, Cam. So if people want to find out more about Cam Rowland and what you're up to, what should they do? Yeah, a couple spots. So fairly active on Facebook, so Cam Rowland with a W, and as well as I'm on Instagram. But on Facebook, you know, I do quite a few videos on stuff I'm doing, and as well as you can find me on my website, www.creativeinvestor.ca, and more information about lease options and coaching there. Awesome. Very good. Well, it's been a great interview. It's always fun talking to a fellow rent-owned enthusiast, that's for sure. And thank you very much for your time today, my friend. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo. Dot com. Take care.